welcome to Turn the Page, the official podcast of the Syosset Public Library. Libraries Turn the Page podcast. I am Jessica, one of your hosts today. My fabulous librarian co-host is Stacy. And uh, this is actually really exciting. This is going to be our Thanksgiving episode because um, Thanksgiving, we like to um, highlight uh, something special, either, you know, um, emotional or, you know, um, something that kind of feeds the soul a little bit. And as um a, a nerd and a librarian and um pretty much everything this one this one is like the icing on the cake it's uh, the bill yes so please introduce yourself and tell everybody um who you are hello Mike Kuyama I'm the owner and founder of Gamestone Quick and also the uh, director of events and and yeah, I've been at this since uh, 2010 and in a more official like capacity as a company uh, since uh, 2014. So Games Done Quick, um, it is, well, first of all, um, how did it all start? And um, I know um, and I know that the, the term speed running is going to come up. So uh, if yeah, you yeah. tell us a little bit um, about what that is too. I know what it is. I'm sure Stacy knows what it is. Um, and but tell the listeners of- who might not yes. know. Yes, for the, for the listeners yes. to be informed. Yeah, so um, first off, uh, I'll explain what a speedrun is, since that's a big part of our event. A speedrun is playing through a game as quickly as possible. And um, our event started uh, through um, an older speedrun community called Speed Demos Archive. And since this was, you know, pre-2010, you know, we our main way of communicating was our, you know, online forum. And um, we saw other groups um, doing this charity fundraising via streaming video games. And we wanted to join in ourselves. And we kind of, you know, arrogantly thought, oh, we could do better. Um, we we realized during the event, you know, it was definitely harder <laughs> you know, than we thought. We gained a respect for these groups uh, speed gamers and um what is it a De- desert bus for hope you know for pull- pulling off these events and uh and you know our first event raised 11,000 uh, over $10,000 for the um aid charity care and then ever since um we've been raising money for, for various charities ever since and we've raised over 41 million dollars so far for a charity i think it's such a cool concept like i got into it when a few years ago when Jessica was like have you heard of this and all this when we were talking about our um I think it was the second Psycon so like 2018 2019 and of of like the summer teams done quickly like it's just it's it's really cool um I'm not capable of it at all I am like the slowest gamer ever um (laughs) that's why I have like five bajillion hours on a lot of the games I play but it's just, I think it's cool. And I think a lot of people like do know about it, but I want to spread the word more. So I'm here to, as a fan. Yeah. Uh, so like you as a gamer, I mean, just like some stuff, like what was your, like, what was your first game that kind of got you into everything? So my first game and game console 
um, would be the Nintendo Entertainment System. And I think uh, uh, my family bought one back in 1990. And my first game was, you know, the packaged uh, Super Mario Brothers and Duck Hunt that came that came along with it. I had played some other games before then, but that was definitely the first game that I really sat down and took some time uh, to play. I mean, it's so crazy to me that uh, anybody started at this point on anything other than Nintendo Entertainment. System. <laughs> I I think this is like one of those. Um, but but I feel like it's evergreen, right? Like whenever. Um, whenever the you know like somebody is a gamer even if they they started not when i started or when you started right. uh, yeah you know i mean all of those games you, it's like a rite of passage you have to go back and you have to play the original legend of zelda you have to you know play the pixelated mario um it's, it, I, I just, I don't know. I, I feel like, and it's a way that connects gaming generations, which is cool. Um, which, is, so, so one thing I just want to know, so watching uh, games done quick, how do you choose the games? And like, cause I know there's some retro games and then there's some new games um, in my household. We could not wait to see Kirby and the Forgotten Land because that is all I heard about for a very long time from my kids. <laughs> the way we choose games is that we have a group of people called the committee and um, we have and um, we have about 10 days of people just publicly submitting games um, to our event. And um, and there'll be thousands of submissions. Um, we got the most submissions we've ever had this event. I don't remember the exact number, but it was a lot. It was definitely over 2000. And um, over about the course of a month, um, we meet and we go over um, which games we'd like for the event. And we, we keep on hashing out that process until we, we pare it down from, you know, the thousands of hours of games that are submitted to um, around 125 hours of games which with you know setup blocks and you know scheduling and everything ends up being around the typical marathon like 156 156 to 160 hours that's incredible i, I can't imagine how much work actually goes into this yeah i mean there's <laughs> a lot of watching videos but you, but you know you can't watch the entire video or else you know you, the, the selection process would, you know, wouldn't be done by the time the event started. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, so there's a, a lot of video watching and a lot of like, you know, taking notes and like, you know, which games stood out to you and, you know, like, um, and, you know, it's a combination of like, oh, this is a cool game that, you know, um, we haven't heard of before, but it's a really cool speed run or like, this is a reliable, you know, people like it and it does well in donations um you know this is a popular series that we haven't had before so you know let's try it out um so there's a lot of considerations uh into uh selecting games uh for our events i've also i believe wasn't there like um almost like a novelty game section where like there's like mcdonald's themed games and just these like off the walls things that you know maybe maybe we somewhat remember <laughs> or want to forget? Yeah, so during um, our winter event, Awesome Games Done Quick, uh, we have the awful block. 
um, which is during a graveyard period, a typical Wednesday night to Thursday morning, um, which is, as you can guess, you know, a bunch of games that are not the highest in quality. Um, the funny thing about Awful Block is that many of the people who play the games tend to like them a lot, even though they know they're not good because they have a certain charm. To them. <laughs> even if that charm is they are, you know, they are bad and look very janky. Um, and for the summer marathon, we have a similar block uh, also during a graveyard shift called uh, Silly Games Done Quick, um, you know, which is more like, which, you know, sometimes there's some overlap between the two, but Silly Games focuses more on games that are off the wall and just, you know, uh, you know, silly or absurd looking than, uh, you know, like bad necessarily. I mean, bad is kind of um, subjective, I guess, right? It is. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, um, I, I want to make sure I'm not stepping on Stacy's toes. No, I, you've got some questions that make me think of some questions myself. Like, so I'm just looking at, uh, the website of the submissions guide of games, but my question to you is like, are there any, like, that you are always like, no, we can't do it this time, like a, a straight up rejection, whether it's because it requires too many modifications or it just, you don't have enough time to do it. Um, yeah. So, uh, I mean, so the longer a game is, um, it's kind of like the more popular or like well-known or like, you know, has a donation incentive it has to be, which is typically why the longer game, if when we accept longer games, it's going to be RPGs, you know, like in the, you know, in the famous ones, you know, like, you know, like the Super Nintendo or PlayStation Final Fantasies or, um, you know, Earthbound or uh, Super Mario RPG, you know, like the ones that have, um, generally the ones that have a lot of nostalgia, uh, Golden Sun, um, that sort of deal. Also, um, may, or maybe a longer Zelda category, like, you know, a 3D Zelda 100% like run, like, uh, I know we've had Wind Waker and Majora's Mask and Ocarina of Time uh, in the past. So, uh, but like, if something is like, you know, I would say, I think the longest run that we've had has been around like eight and a half, nine hours. I don't think we've had anything 10 hours or longer and I don't think we will because there's only so much time and space we can fit into the schedule just you know because of logistical um concerns there are there also have been uh some games where like logistical concerns you know um have been a reality like a lot of the rhythm game showcases that we've had it's actually been kind of a silver lining you know with COVID that we had these online events because like it's a lot easier for that person to stream from their home, you know, with with their arcade machine or their you know dance pad setup, than it is you know for that to be transported to the event, which would I, I wouldn't even want to think about the cost of logistics involved. So where does where is the event held? I, I just I, I love watching it. I love that it's like it's family friendly and it's just like this really wholesome fun event that has such a wonderful community attached to it thank you so where the event takes place um if it's an online event then we are um, then you know then the players are streaming from their own homes but where 
um, running it through our studio in Northern Virginia. And, um, and then we'll, and we'll, and we'll broadcast it from there, you know, making sure that all of the streams from the runners and commentators are synced up so they, you know, they sound good um, to the viewer. And if it's an on-site event, um, that, uh, that depends. Um, I mean, we've had them, our last one, Summer Games Done Quick, was in, uh, what was it, in Bloomington, a Minneapolis suburb. The people who are um, involved in it now, like I mentioned, the community. Um, so did you start with them or did you all sort of come together as everything grew? Was it um, like, did it all grow organically? I, I love how there's like, you know, there's fa there's uh, everybody kind of has like their favorite gamer and they have all of, you know, their their handles from like way back when when they started. And it's it's just like such a such a really um cool almost like a spectator sport i mean i'm personally more into this than like the super bowl like the super bowl like <laughs> yeah you know okay but for me like when not when loving first, the sports ball yeah you know yeah. But, like when we when we first uh started sitting down and watching it it's like you get to know these people and um it's it's just kind of cool to to see where it is so yeah, the community has just come together over time. Uh, like I said, when we started back in 2010, there were like 20 people running the games and we peaked at 1500 viewers. And we're like, oh, this is so many viewers. And, and you know, it was for the time because this, you know, that was pre Twitch days. Um, but now, you know, um, I think our latest event, you know, Summer Games Done Quick 2022, I don't remember the exact viewer average, but I think it was around 60,000. And I know we peaked around 100,000 um, at some point. And, you know, we've had, you know, um, thousands of people come to these events. And just the amount of people who run is, just, you know, who run or in, in the speedrun community is just so big now. It's a huge thing now. Like you brought up about like before Twitch days, like I think even like the pandemic i think definitely like helped elevate that and bring it more awareness to people in the world and making it a bigger community cuz lord knows my husband watches so many like twitch streamers now and i'm just like i didn't know this really existed like i knew a little bit but it really blew up and i, I see a lot on tiktok now cuz that takes over my life but how did you like with the growth, how did that kind of, was it a slow growth for you guys with that? Or was it just like, oh my God, this kind of happened overnight? I think it was both. Um, so I, you know, our viewer count always in, you know, has increased over the years. Um, and, you know, I would say it's a slower and steadier growth nowadays, but, um, back in like, you know, the early 2010s when we started, um, you know, our first event, you know, 1500 viewer peak, I think uh, the second event, you know, awesome games done quick uh, was a uh, 4000 viewer peak um, 2012, you know, we peaked it, I think it was 11,000 or 12,000 uh, viewers. And then um, 2013 and 2014 is when it really exploded. And the peak at 2013 was, I think, around 40 or 50K viewers. And the peak at 2014, I cannot remember the exact number, but if I had to guess, it would be around 
80 or 100,000 viewers. And I feel like 2013, 2014 were kind of our most explosive, you know, growth years when it came to uh, the event and realizing that, you know, this might be something that would last and, you know, would, you know, grow for years to come. And you've raised so much for Doctors Without Borders and also Prevent Cancer Foundation. Prevent Cancer. It's it's crazy. I mean, you know, I I still, I mean, I, you know, remember and it's still there, you know, like, oh, well, what are you going to do playing video games? Yada, yada, yada. It's not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you can't, you can't change the world playing video games. Go out and do something. And, you know, I, I love that. Like, yeah, you can. Um, and y- you, you have. And there's, um, I mean, the amount of good that's done from from this which is something i guess it's still i guess speed running is still niche but in general you you hear about esports more and more which is basically just a fancy way of people talking <laughs> about professionally playing video games um it's it's just really cool to see you know this this event which is now i know that summer games done quick is a week long is awesome games the same uh yes um they're both week long events it's yeah it's just it's it's fun to see just what can be done. Um, I also, so there are also um, like donation incentives. Do people like donate like original artwork and such? Uh, Yeah. So um, the donation incentives are like to alter the game. So like, um, you know, you can, you know, if the, if the game lets you name the character, then, you know, we'll offer that up as an incentive. Um, You know, runners have also offered the, you know, like, you know, making, you know, upgrade the game to a harder difficulty um, you know, doing a stage blindfolded. There's been the occasional singing incentive. You know, if the game's very musical. You know, uh, there that you know, there's all sorts of um, things. You know, choose the character, and um, and yes, and uh, people do donate prizes to our event, like you know, original artwork, sculptures. You know, all sorts of really cool stuff. Honestly. Do you have um, like a favorite moment from either planning or like something that happened that was unexpected, something that maybe could have gone south but ended up elevating the situation? Um, yeah, so I have two. Um, one of them is our first event, Class Games Done Quick, because long story short, it was supposed to take place at a hotel um, at a convention called MAGFest, a music and gaming festival. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but, um, but yeah, it's a bit, it's a big convention. Um, It's huge now, but um, back when we were going to, you know, hold, hold our event there, I think they had around 3000 people and um, their internet ended up being really bad at the MAGFest hotel. And so, uh, you know, there was a lot of like, what are we going to do, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, you know, my mom's house was nearby and we tested the internet at her place beforehand and ended up, you know, there was good there. So we moved everything to my mom's house and, um, you know, she was out of town. She told me she got a bed breakfast and, you know, I was also to pay for half of it, you know, then we get the house. I was like, okay, thank you. And then, um, and then, uh, you know, the, the event ended up working, you know, it just ended up 
you know, working out like in the end, we, you know, we started three hours late, you know, we didn't even have like, uh, you know, uh, a webcam set up, you know, so you could see the runner and, you know, we're kind of learning things on the fly, but it ended up being way more successful than we thought. Cause I set the initial goal at 5,000 and people said that that was very high. And I was like, yeah, but I want to aim high, but we ended up, you know, absolutely crushing that goal and raising, you know, over $10,000 for uh, charity. So that was a really nice moment. And the other moment I would say is um, back in 2019, uh, Summer Games done quick 2019. You know, um, our events were doing well. And, you know, uh, before then they were raising like, you know, 2 million, you know, 2.4 million, you know, around there. But, uh, you know, SGQ 2019 was the first event that raised 3 million. And, you know, that was not something we would have expected at the beginning of the week. But, you know, towards the end of the event, we were, you know, game planning ways to like, you know, possibly push to that, you know, 3 million mark. And then, um, and you know what, it ended up happening. And, the mood in the room was just electric like it was you know everyone was super pumped and super happy and it was borderline deafening (laughs) how much people were yelling and screaming (laughs) that sounds so great it's that's that's really cool i always love um i I love that you you know your whole um aim high uh because i feel i feel like Stacy, do I try to aim high when I do things too? Yes. Yeah. When, you know, when, <laughs> but it, when, no, it's a good mentality. I mean, I like, I'm someone I joke to Jessica, she's always aim high, like, yeah, let's do this. And I'm the negative Nancy of like, but what about these things? And I'm like, <laughs> Debbie Downer. But no. not not because I don't want it to do well and everything <laughs> Jessica does, she's got like a magic touch. So. I- I really don't. I failed with things, but like basically, so like, you know, like we have, we have SciCon, which is the library's Comic-Con event. Um, and also for, you know, for, um, for turn the page, I mean, the COVID definitely in a way, like when, when we, when the library shut down, um, you know, I was like running out of the building with our recording equipment, which broke down, oh, yeah. <laughs> which broke down, <laughs> but you know, in years. Like, what's, you know, how's this even going to work? But then I'm like, yeah, you know, we'll just throw out request, like inquiry requests to a bunch of people. And, you know, if they say no, they say no. And then you get people who are like, yeah, we'll do it. Um, But I I like that mentality, especially when you're, you know, when you're raising money for a charity. I mean, I, I always, I always say like the worst that could happen is you, it, it doesn't work out exactly as you want it to, but at least you set a goal. Um, and it's, there is something electric about exceeding your expectations too. Especially when it's for something that's like a charity type thing and you're doing a beneficial, like feel good things. Like, yay, we, we hit our mark for raising this goal. Like that, that's something I don't think I make it seem like I'm such a horrible person that like, I can't be negative about. Cause it's like, how could you not want to do this? And a lot of people like doing things for that. Um, I mean, I'm in, in the library world, for example, like, you know, like sometimes like library take like book donations or like people donate art 
we have like some artwork in our building that people have donated and it's just like people like doing that, whether it's a small amount, you know, in terms of like money, the $5 to like, you know, something that it could be like, you know, a thousand dollars or more. People are like, I want to do something for a good cause. And I think games done quick. is just a fun, a new way to do it rather than just being like, Oh, I I'm pretending I'm like, you know, a oil Baron tycoon of like oh just write out the check to blah 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 it's a fun way and especially with technology evolving and so many people are gaming these days whether you know you have a computer a playstation I mean I organized my garage this past weekend I found a playstation 3 that's just been sitting in my garage for three years if anybody wants one because we have a ps4 at my house we don't need the ps3 uh contact me just kidding um but it just it's I think fun and as Jessica said it's it's all encompassing like all generations you know we've had <laughs> I'm like looking at back at um some of the Shutterstock images we have for promotional stuff you know you see like a grandparent grandchild gaming together playing like Wii tennis of all things like something that you could do like I see with my nephew and my brother in law they play video games together to bond you know friends yeah. i just i think it's a really great thing that it should be promoted even more aside from just on our podcast it's just it's really cool and i know for years jessica's been trying to like oh we should try to do something for sycon i mean that'd be cool but i can't yeah, even imagine no, just to kind the of work like, that you, know, you guys go into it. with like a game runner or something because it is it is interesting and we do get a lot of gamers who who come in but you know um Spreading the word about it through the library is uh, is pretty cool too. So, uh, but yeah, it is it is a generational. You know, gaming is generational. I know for sure. Um, the first thing we did during the pandemic is um, my husband hacked a handheld game system with all of the old games and gave it to our kids. <laughs> so um, yeah, it is it is generational. But um, anyway. Um, we, we really just uh, wanted to thank you so much for, for spending the time. Oh, no problem. Uh, glad to be here. Yeah, glad to uh, glad to host you. Um, so like if somebody wants to get involved in game running and they want to, to start doing this, um, where would you recommend they start? Um, that's a good question. Um, you know, they can look up their favorite game on speedrun.com. And if they look at the, and if they, and um, usually like on the side for the game, there'll be um, some stuff like guides or strategies or a discord. And usually um, the community discord is a great place to start. Um, you know, most of the communities are pretty welcoming and, you know, are always, you know, excited to have new members. And, you know, even if your game doesn't have a community or, you know, you're feeling a little shy, um, you can always just, you know, um, grab a timer. It doesn't even have to be, you know, W split, which is, you know, kind of the standard one that we use in speedrunning. Um, it can just be a stopwatch or something. And then, you know, just time yourself playing through the game and, you know, see how you do, see how you enjoy it. You know, maybe you do one speedrun and then you're done. And then, you know, that that's all you want to do. Or maybe you're like, ooh, I could do this faster. Or I can maybe do this cool thing, you know, that I saw, you know, in, in a speedrun video or something like that. And then, you know, just, just see how interested you are. I'm just kind of curious what um, the going back to the charities, because you've done Doctors Without Borders and uh, Prevent Cancer Foundation. What 
made you choose that? And are you open to like, do people suggest things to you guys? I'm just curious about that. Um, yes, we have been uh, suggested charities from time to time. Um, so what made us choose uh, the Prevent Cancer Foundation was after our first event, you know, where we made money for care. Um, you know, care was a very uh, big charity and um, we wanted to focus on a smaller charity and this is when our community was smaller. So, we, I, you know, I kind of just floated the idea publicly, you know, to our forum. And, you know, a lot of people wanted us to focus on like a cancer charity. So, you know, I was looking up charities, you know, both that, you know, you, you know, use their funds responsibly, you know, had good overhead and, and, you know, weren't too big. And I found three charities and Prevent Cancer was the only one who responded to us. And uh, that is how our relationship uh, grew from there. Um, in the case of Doctors Without Borders, we had raised money for them once before. And, um, and you know, we have a lot of people from all over the world. While the majority of our audience is American, we do still get um, a lot of Europeans, um, some Australians, uh, a fair amount of Japanese, um, also South Americans, uh, especially uh, Brazil. Brazilians uh, uh, watching our event. So um, so we wanted to focus on something more international and that's kind of how we landed on uh, Doctors Without Borders. Yeah, I was going to um, ask, you know, piggybacking off of Stacy, um, you know, um, I, I like that you, you know, you, you take the time to see who uses their money responsibly um, because, you know, sometimes, sometimes you're not a hundred percent sure, um, you know, and you want to hope that, you know, the donations are going to the places that it's needed and, you know, not to somebody's pocket. Um, right, right. <laughs> that, that, you know, uh, that, that they're, that they're treating um, the people who work for them well. So that's, uh, that's, that's pretty, uh, pretty, pretty great. Um yeah. So um, when is Awesome Games done quick? Um, is that uh, in January or? Yes, it is yes. January. Um, it is specifically January 8th to the 15th. So from uh, Sunday to, you know, late Saturday, early, su early Sunday. And for people who are unaware of where to access it, um, where where is the best place they can go to watch it? Um, you can just go to our website, gamesdonequick.com, and you'll be able to easily access it from there. So like we we kind of danced around the pandemic. Um, did mm. yeah, um, you know, so how did did things change like were you did you have kind of this moment where you were like oh no this is going to sink us or did you kind of you know because the online because you can do a lot online did you immediately shift um and say you know what we're still going to do this but it's going to be a hundred percent online um there was a lot of back and forth um you know on because, you know, in the early days of the pandemic, um, in the early days of the pandemic, you know, there, you know, there was a lot of, you know, 
mixed information out there, you know, we're like, okay, maybe if we delay enough, then the pandemic will be over. And then, you know, we'll, we'll be able to have this and we're like more manageable. And then like, we eventually came to the conclusion that like, oh, we're going to need to have this event um, online. And so, you know, not, not just for uh, logistical purpose, but also just like for everyone's safety, you know, <laughs> and um, so we decided to have our event online and there were a lot of challenges and just, you know, things that we learned along the way for running an event online. But I would say we're well experienced at it now since, um, you know, we, we, we did a, um, yeah, a year and a half of events um, online uh, during the pandemic. And uh, we learned a lot about um, uh, streaming events um, exclusively online and not having them um, on an on-site location. Thank you very much. <laughs> and um, just to add to the online portion of our events, um, you know, I said our events are very international and one advantage of doing it online, you know, aside from the logistical one of like, you know, arcade machines and stuff that would be very hard to do for an on-site event is that, you know, there's a lot of international people who, you know, would either have trouble or just simply can't afford to come to our events because, you know, we are in the United States and, you know, it can be expensive to travel um, internationally. So it allows a lot of people who wouldn't have the opportunity otherwise to participate in our events. That's true. Yeah, that's, it's funny you say that because um, when we started doing online events for the library, it was kind of uh, the, the same thing in a different way. You know, like we we started to have oh, people yeah, yeah. <laughs> like out of the country. And we do like, um, writing workshops, which we did first for like NaNoWriMo National Novel Writing Month and the camp thing that they do as well. And it, it evolved from we'd get like a few people locally who were interested to switching to online using zoom has been great for that <laughs> yeah um so once again this was jessica with syosset library um turn the page podcast my librarian co-host was stacy and our guest was mike liyama <laughs> we are going to close this chapter of turn the page it's time to close this chapter of turn the page join us for the next episode Thank you.